Hello everybody and welcome back to the Glory Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Quinn, and joining me today for the first time in a while is uh, Nigel. How's it going, Nigel? I'm fine. Glad to be back, Kyle. Thanks. Um, is it possibly the first time you've been on since the, the podcast we did with a very special guest? Um, back on the 10th of August, I think it was, or maybe you done one after that, I'm not sure. Um, well, I yeah. think I did one after that, yeah. The, the, the Willie Morgan one was the 10th of August, but I've done one since, I think, yeah. Okay, so um, United uh, backed up their great performance against Tottenham with another really good performance at Stamford Bridge. However, didn't get three points. And for me, that was largely down to the fact that we don't have uh, an, an out-and-out striker who's, who's, who's under the age of 38 and is available. Um, <laughs> so that was the, the main trouble there. It was good performance all around, especially in the first half. United should have been 2-0 up at halftime, but weren't. We ended up conceding a, a needless penalty given away by Scott McTominay, but then uh, pulling it back for a draw at the end with a fantastic header from Casemiro. I thought Casemiro was excellent, as was uh, Martinez at the back. And, you know, the most of the team play well. Probably the only performer on the day who wasn't very good was Jane Sancho once again. And so we effectively played Chelsea off the pitch with 10 men. Um, so what was your thoughts on the game then, Nigel? Well, it, it was important to start the game well. We had a great result against Spurs. And under the previous managers, we, we've... Uh, under, under the previous managers, we played the odd good game and then lost it again and maybe five games later. But they started the first half. It was a story of two halves because United dominated the first half and really should have scored a couple of goals to uh, show that domination. The Chelsea manager was clever enough to make a change. And in the second half, the, the, the game was more competitive. But we should have had the game over by then. So as you quite rightly say, uh, everybody's playing well, really, except Sancho. But you need to score when you're on top. And that's that's where we're, where we're falling down at the moment. Yeah, definitely. We knew it was going to be an issue uh, once we watched the Spurs game because we, we should have scored... Uh, five or six in that game and only got two goals I and mean, we knew you know in certain games is it is going to cause a problem like newcastle and chelsea um we're not ruthless in front of the goal we're going to drop points and, and that's the issue like i've said if we had van Nistelrooy in the team now i think we'd uh we'd have a lot more points on the board um and if you say if, if dennis law was in the team we'd be top of the league right now wouldn't we absolutely absolutely yeah the, the all-rounder Left foot, right foot, head the ball, overhead kicks. That's that's a superstar you want to play there. Yeah, but other than other than the the issue with not scoring goals, you no, know, everything else seems to be positive at the moment. Um, uh, the back four looks settled, although there's there's also an injury now, which is an issue. Midfield looks a lot better. The three men in midfield were were dominating Chelsea's two man midfield, which forced uh, Graham Potter, Graham Potter into making a. A change after about 36 minutes, bringing off one of his centre-backs and bringing on a midfielder, uh, Kovovic. Um, that helped Chelsea a bit, but I, I still think... Um, I don't think Chelsea turned it around completely at that point. I still think United was slightly the better side. I would say uh, over, I think United were for far better team in the first half. Second half was more even. So overall, I think we deserved the win. And uh, I think... We celebrated the equaliser almost like it was a win because it came so late in the day and probably the relief of not not losing the game, which we didn't deserve to lose as well, came into it. I loved all the celebrations. Um, Casemiro, very passionate celebration. Martinez was celebrating with a supporter in the crowd. I think he got booked for that, um, which is <laughs> the usual you know, modern-day refereeing. Um, and he had an exchange with that supporter on social media uh, on Sunday as well. So... Yeah, fantastic to see that the South Americans really have brought a lot of uh, a lot of passion uh, to United this season. Something that was really lacking last season. It just last season it seemed like a team who just weren't interested. And now we're seeing you know players just giving absolutely everything on the pitch at the moment, aren't we? Oh, it's wonderful to see the passion is there, as you say, the commitment. But this team's playing for the manager, and uh, when he went into the dressing room after the Spurs match and told him that it was an absolute pleasure as your coach to watch you play like that. That shows you that we're heading in the direction that he wants the team to go. And we're starting games from the start now. I, I, we want to win the next three games, but 
we know what the problem is. It's up to the coach now to try to see if there's any way to resolve it. But certainly Jaden Sancho will be very, very lucky to start another game before the, the World Cup break because he's not there in merit. He's lost his confidence and uh, it has to be addressed, that weakness on the left-hand side. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, the front three, there, there's not many goals in them. Uh, we're effectively relying on Anthony to provide goals. And, I mean, he's not he's, he's just a winger. He's not a, a prolific goal scorer. Um, he missed a big chance with his right foot in the first half, which I think we all thought was in. Um, we were all cheering, thinking that it was hit the back of the net, but it actually hit the, the advertising hoardings and uh, bounced back against the, the back of the net. Um, Rashford had another chance where... Uh, he was one on one with the goalkeeper. Uh, it was a poor first touch, which gave the keeper a chance, and he tried to dink it over him, but the, the keeper uh, managed to get an arm to block that that the attempted lob. Um, yeah, so we we just don't have the the potency up front to to take the chances that we're creating, and, and it cost us two points at the weekend. So for me, that's the thing that needs immediately addressed. The next signing has to be a striker, and if in January, we have to use some of the summer budget to bring in that striker six months earlier, then so be it. I'm on board with that. Well, it'll help if, uh, if uh, Ronaldo does leave the club in January and he's off the payroll. That'll certainly make a difference. But as you say, it's crucial for all those games, and there'll be a lot of games, a lot of cup games. We need we need somebody starting to put ball in the net. I mean, I'll give credit to Rashford in that he's trying harder than he did last season. It was three, four, five games you and I decided last season he wasn't even... The body language was telling the crowd that he, his heart wasn't in it. He knows the team's playing better. He's trying harder, but he's not a number nine. Kyle, he just cannot finish. He doesn't have the composure to knock the ball into the corner. He, his, as you said before, he often puts his head down and lashes it. He just doesn't seem... The great players have the time to look up and see which corner or dink the keeper, see what the keeper's doing. He just panics really like that. The opposite with Sancho just doesn't want the ball. And uh, I think Shaw and other players in the midfield are getting tired of just getting the ball back directly from Sancho instead of him taking a man on and, and, and knocking it in with his left foot. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, if Martial's fit and available, Rashford will move out to the left and Martial will play number nine. Or if the manager decides to use Ronaldo in certain games, he will play as number nine and, and Sancho will drop out. Um, but obviously, we need to address the number nine position uh, as soon as possible uh, and bring in a top-quality striker, same as what Manchester City have done. Um, probably won't get someone as you know, as prolific as that, but uh, if we had <laughs> someone who was even 70% as good, we'd be flying. Um, yeah, so... Lots of praise for Casemiro again. Um, he had a slow start to his United career, found it hard to get in the team. Um, and, and the cameo appearances that he was making weren't impressive. But now we're seeing why we spent £70 million uh, on this Brazilian midfielder and who's won all those Champions Leagues and the League of Titles at Real Madrid. Um, he's just an absolute class act, isn't he? Oh, he's fabulous. A joy to watch. He interacts with players all over the pitch. You can see he's done it before at the top level and he's settled in now. He's match fit now. And you saw his reaction to the goal that he scored, as you say. He's committed to the club, feels part of the squad. And obviously, when when players see a player as good as that, they're, they're, they're going to try to make runs behind the defence, which is what we need to break down the better teams in the league. He can provide the ball, as can Bruno on his day. And Ericsson is steady as a rock. Lovely interchange with both fullbacks. He's a very clever footballer. That's a very sound midfield at the moment. We've just about got it right now if they can stay fit. Yes, definitely. And last season, uh, we all quite rightly said there's absolutely no leaders or captains in this team. Now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking there's multiple captains in this team. Obviously, Bruno is a captain officially. Um, but any one of Martinez, Varane or Casemiro could could be club captain and no one would complain, would they? No, because the respect's there. You've got players in there now that are top-class players. We had so many ordinary players and players that wouldn't get into the City or Liverpool benches, never mind the first team. Now we've got players that are holding their place and uh, it, it's a joy to watch the way that they play there. And uh, Luke Shaw's definitely stepped his game up since he came back into the team. Um, he's keeping Malassi out of the team now. Um 
it seems to be whenever he has competition for his place, he, he steps his game up uh, and uh, takes his game to another level. Um, so th- that's a real positive. Um, I see he's being, I've noticed even in the Spurs game, he's being more aggressive. He's getting tighter to people. Um, and he's always that threat going forward um, on the overlap. And it, and his cross led to the goal, of course, as well. So, yeah, I'm really pleased with his form at the moment. Yeah, it was a super cross. He, he stepped up his game since he came back. I think the World Cup squad, the name soon might have something to do with it. But if that's what spurs him on, we don't care. We want to play on a top level. Remember his volley at the back post against Spurs that Maurice saved. That was another super effort. He hasn't been in those positions many times before, but he's getting back to his best, and I hope he holds the form at that level. Yeah, definitely. We know what he's capable of. He just hasn't always produced it, um, and sometimes he can be accused of looking a bit overweight for an athlete. Um, <laughs> but he's uh, slimmed down again and looks fit and healthy, and, and, he, and he's playing well every week now. Um, yeah, so and, and, and Bruno certainly is playing some nice stuff at the moment. Um, he was criticised heavily last season, um, but looks to be, be forming on a more consistent basis this season. Okay, the, the goals and the assists have dried up, uh, but I, I, was, I still think his performances are at a fairly decent level. Oh, yeah. He's got he's become more consistent in, say, the last five games. The opening to his season was pretty drowsy, and uh, uh, like last season when he was pretty downbeat and lost all his goals and his assists, He's got two goals. The goal he scored, the second goal against Spurs, was a wonderfully taken goal. So if he can continue to get into those positions, I think he'll get back in a run and score lots of goals. And boy, do we need them from the midfield with Casemiro and Bruno. Uh, Ericsson maybe taking the odd free kick because we're very little up front apart from Anthony. And Anthony always cuts in. So play, uh, defenders in the Premier League will get to know that. So he'll, he'll just have to vary it a wee bit. But uh, you saw his frustration when he missed that goal. It was a beautiful move. As you say, it was on his right foot, his wrong foot, and he was really frustrated for missing the chance. But they'll get him in training, and and, uh, he's a young player. He's only 22, so let's let's get him up to the measure on both sides with left foot and right foot. Yeah, and this this reminded me there uh, of... There's not only is there 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 are multiple captains in this team, but there's a bit of nastiness about this team again. Um, with the South American influence, I noticed that Anthony celebrated in the face of Jorginho when um, Casemiro scored. Um, some people might not like that, but uh, I, I, was it because Jorginho cynically fouled Fred um, when we had a counter attack just just before that? that? That might have been the reason, but certainly there seems to be. Not just passion, but a bit of nastiness about this team again. Uh, uh, op- opponents probably won't like playing against us now, you know, with that type of team. Um, Martinez um, is just epitomizes that uh, his aggression on the pitch and his controlled aggression. It's not like Marcus Rojo where he's slicing people in half. You know, yeah. he's he's going in hard, but he's winning the ball. You know, and absolutely. It's it's well, some people can call it nastiness. I call it a genuine competitive edge. Last season, we didn't have that level of competition. But if the ball's in the air uh, or on the ground, Martinez is playing superbly at the moment, linking well with the forwards and geeing the people up at the back. And uh, it's just a sadness that Brown will miss the next three games because they're building up a really, really good partnership in the centre there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, one was it the, the Anthony chance in the first half? Did that come from Martinez? getting out in front of Sterling and winning the ball with a diving header. Um, yeah, absolutely marvellous. Yeah, that, that is competition. That's putting your head on, on the line for the team. And he does it. It doesn't matter where he is in the pitch. He'll, he'll, he'll compete for any ball. They can talk about his, his height as long as they want. He has proved himself already. We're 10 games into the Premier League and he's, he's well nearly uh, man of the match nearly every game. Yeah, and you get... Uh, what we got in August was a lot of pundits who'd never seen him play just writing him off because of his height. And, you know, it's just ignorance that they're, and they've all got egg in their face now. You know, the likes of Paul Merson and Jamie Carragher and many others who had written him off. Um, he just, he's absolutely tailor-made for the Premier League, actually. Um, so long may continue. You mentioned there, Varane got injured. Unfortunately, it was a, I wasn't quite sure what exactly the injury was. Um, it came as a result of him trying to make a challenge and uh, he, he obviously twisted or torn something. Um, but the prognosis isn't as bad as, as it looked. He was absolutely distraught at coming off. Uh, he had the look of someone who knew that he was going to miss the World Cup. 
but that might not be the case now. Um, what we're being told by a French journalist is that he's a, he'll be out for three to four weeks and he'll be assessed by Didier Deschamps um, before the World Cup starts. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to play for United again uh, uh, until, you know, after the World Cup, which is unfortunate. So we have a few games to get through with uh, with Lindelof at the back with uh, Martinez. And for me, I would if, if it's a straight choice between Lindelof and Maguire, it, it, it's Lindelof for me. Even though it's both of them uh, are, are, haven't been great in, in my opinion, but I think uh, Lindelof's probably in slightly better form than what Maguire is. So that's who the person I would go with. Oh, me too. And he's more match fit. Obviously, Maguire's been out for so long. Now, Maguire will be knocking at the manager's door saying, I, I need a few games before uh, the World Cup if, if I'm going to be picked by Southgate for England. That doesn't concern you or me or anybody else. We want to win the games and get nine points in our last three games before the break. And uh, as you say, Lindelof, he's played maybe 90 minutes over the last two games or whatever, and he, he, he's the man. And Not a great player in my view, but he's, uh, Martinez is more used to playing with him than playing with Maguire, so I would stick with that if I, if I had anything to do with it. The other thing, I think that the manager or somebody in the back four coaching team has worked on Diego Dallo, Kyle, because he has been one of the most improved players this season. I didn't think the level of performance that he's producing at the moment. Now, he's not perfect, but his commitment, you can see, and he's getting further up the field, and he seems to be defending a bit better. He's not not as good as some of the great right-backs as we had, but if he continues to learn like that, and credit has to be given both to him for conforming to the new manager and for the manager to get him to play the way the manager wants. He, what do you think? I think he's improved immeasurably. Yeah, absolutely. He's improved at both ends of the pitch. Um I think the only really bad game he had was at Manchester City, but I think most of the players were bad that day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're playing against that level of opposition and they can make you look very ordinary. But uh, apart from that, yeah, I think he's been he's been very good. I, I didn't think he was capable of, you know, getting to this level of, you know, defending. I, I, I just thought that in terms of his defensive ability, he was a total write-off. But uh, mm-hmm. St. Hag has clearly done a lot of work with him on the training ground. Um, uh I mean, Juan Basaka isn't even second choice now. No, um, that seemed to be Lindelof, as indicated by the coach at one of the press conferences. Um, but I, I understand from Fabrizio Romano that United or have sent scouts three times to watch is it Jeremiah Fringpong, the former Celtic right back, who's now at Bar Leverkusen in in the Bundesliga. I think he's still only 21, 22. So. That, that that's good too because I, I I don't I still wouldn't uh, be relying on on Dallo to be our right back for the next ten years. Uh, I would like to bring somebody else in as well to provide competition and maybe even take his place. But if he hears that news that United are are, are really watching someone closely, that'll keep him on his toes, won't it? Oh, without, we definitely need covered right back. But as I've said before in podcast, I still have an inkling for Ethan Laird who's now playing for the team that's top of the championship now, QPR. And and some of the, the reports I've had about his performance, he's improving with every game, getting fitter. So I, if I was the manager, I would have a coach there now and again just watching him. I wouldn't write his Manchester United future off completely. No, uh, no, definitely not. Um, uh, he, he's, he's still... He's still a Manchester United player. He's going on loan, like you say, and I noticed he he scored goals for QPR from from right back. So, um, it's definitely not over by any means. But we'll wait and see what happens there. Um, it's definitely worth for Juan Bissaka, as far as I'm concerned. The manager clearly does not rate him one bit. Um, and he could potentially end up going back to Crystal Palace on loan in January or something with an obligation to buy. I just don't see a future for him at all now. He's not even in the conversation anymore. You know, well, he always seems to have a mysterious knock, and we wonder how he got the knock because he never plays to get any knocks, you know. So it's, <laughs> you know, and he didn't train properly last season. He he, he was ringing in and saying he wasn't well and all that sort of stuff. So maybe he he just wants to leave the club. Certainly, he'll never be in the first team squad again unless injuries uh, say it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um... It looks as if Lindelof and Dalla would have to be injured for him even to be considered at this moment. Um, so another topic I just wanted to talk about was the fact in the last couple of games, the manager has looked to Anthony Alanga to come on as a substitute. 
Now, I know both of us have expressed expressed our frustrations with that because I, th- I think many people would agree with us on this, that if, if the manager's going to use a winger from the bench, it should be Alejandro Granacho, shouldn't it? It should, it should. I think the guy's got lots and lots of ability. He just hasn't got any game time. He did play on the pre-season tour, but uh, I think the way, the way he was kept at the club is because the coaches have said to Ten Hag, Ten Hag only arrived. And, and said, you need to look at this guy. I think he could be very good very quickly. But he just has... There will be games at Kyle. I think he'll get his opportunity. But isn't it odd that you have uh, Sancho on the left and Martial started in the left and Rashford likes the left. Nyalanga says his preference is in the left. It's just, we, we just don't need all these players playing on the left like that. But I think Garnacho can play on both sides. He's a... A very talented individual, and he's got great stamina. I remember watching him for the the underage teams, and and boy, he plays right up to the ninety third, fourth minute, whatever it is. There's no question of him ever wanting to leave the the pitch. Yeah, um, uh, I, I think possibly uh, that league cup match against Villa, we might see um, Garnacho start that game. At least I hope so. Anyway, um. In terms of the Europa League, you know, because of the importance of tapping the group, we're not seeing much rotation uh, in those games. We're only seeing maybe two changes um, for those games uh, because we've lost the first game by a disgraceful penalty decision um, to, to Sociedad, and the other two teams in the group are Minou, so both teams are probably going to get maximum points from those mm-hmm. games. So it's, it's vital that uh, we go to to San Sebastian and win in, in the final group game. Uh, we, need, we need to win either um, anything, any other win that's not 1-0 uh, will get us a uh, top spot, I think, because it goes on head-to-head. Um, so if we go there winning 2-1 or, or 2-0 or 3-2, whatever, uh, we will top the group. Uh, and, and that's probably why we're not... You know, if, if, we were, if we had the group one and all by now, you know, you might see... You know, people like Granacho and Iqbal potentially uh, starting yeah. those games, but uh, yeah. obviously that's not the way it, it's turned out. No, well, one of the reasons, Kyle, is I, I mean, I've heard his, his press conference every week and uh, he made the point one week that we hadn't won a trophy. The club hadn't won a, a trophy for five years. And although it seemed to be from what he saw watching from Holland that uh, the top managers played weak, weakened teams in cup competitions, that he wasn't going to do that. It didn't matter to him whether it was the League Cup, FA Cup or Europa League. He was going to play his best available team every single match. Now, that's a big change from Oli and, and Ranić, but it shows that he definitely wants to win a trophy. And if he has that ambition, it's, it's good for us. Yeah, because uh, we're not expecting to win the title this season. Absolutely not. Um, like we've touched on already, we're... The, the, the obvious thing that we're missing is a, is a is a lethal striker, um. But what we do want this season, ideally, would be to finish in the top four and pick up a cup, whether it be the Europa League, the FA Cup, or the League Cup. We want to win at least one of those trophies, don't we? Oh, without a doubt, uh, it would really give the whole squad the, and the whole uh, city of Manchester a lift if we could get back and get a trophy in the cabinet. And he knows that he's only only had one window, and he knows he's probably told. The people upstairs, who he wants and why he wants them, and he, he seems to be pretty persuasive. He doesn't get it all. Murder has come in and said the money's not available in January, for example. But if as we've, we've talked about earlier, if we can get a player like Ronaldo and his outrageous wages off the payroll, we can maybe get a centre forward somewhere, and that would certainly improve our chances of finishing in the top four by the end of the season. If we win the next three games, which I hope we do, I we should certainly be in the in the top four before the World Cup break. Yeah, um, we, we've got uh, three games remaining before the World Cup, and that is West Ham, Villa and Fulham, I think. We need to be looking to get nine points there, and if we do, then I think we'll be in the in the top four spots uh, by the time the World Cup comes around. Uh, and we, and that's, we would have taken that at the start of the season, wouldn't we? Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's, it's fabulous to see, but you can see the team believes in it itself now. They believe they can beat anybody, home or away. I mean, we, Spurs at home, we won, played well, went to Chelsea. Even when we went 1-0 down very late in the game, did you see the reaction of the manager trying to gel them all up? 
the 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 board went up there was six minutes extra time and he had and we got the equalizer because he had them fired up we deserved the equalizer and as you say with the first half we played if we'd had a strike we would have won that game clearly in my view so it was the least we deserved was that late goal and what a good goal and a very good cross with pace from shaw and a beautiful header yeah and even when we got back to 1-1 um I think Luke Shaw started doing keepy uppies, and the manager was raging at him because he wanted United to go for the winner as well. And I'd love to see that too. Um, I, I'm not sure Luke Shaw for some reason seemed satisfied with uh, getting the one one, or maybe he just thought there wasn't enough time left. But the manager certainly thought there was enough time left for us to go for the winner. So I lo- I'd love to see that. Um, so I'm going to move on to the player ratings now. Um, come a few high scores this week, I think. Um, so, David De Gea, not really much to do, really, apart from the, the, the penalty. And, um, unfortunately, he doesn't have a great record of seeing penalty. So, I'll just give him a, a six. Um, yeah. Diogo Dallo, uh go with a, a seven. Um, Martinez gets an eight for me. Uh, Varane uh, would be uh, a seven. Uh, Shaw, seven. Um, Casemiro would get an eight. Um, Bruno, a seven. Anthony, a seven. Uh, Ericsson seven, Jane Sancho would probably be a, a four, um, and Marcus Rashford probably a, a five, I think. Um, and in terms of the substitutes, um, well, McTominay he's going to have to get a four for for giving away that penalty. Um, yeah. uh, Lindelof, I'll give him a six. Um, I didn't didn't really do much wrong, I don't think, in, in that period. No, uh, no. And Elanga. Would probably get just just the, the five or so, um, and and Ten Hag, I'd probably give him, uh, probably probably a seven. I would give him an eight if it won the game, but uh, yeah, yeah. So would you go along with all those then? Every single one except uh, Casemiro, I would have had him with a nine. He was so outstanding in the game, and then to get the goal, his first goal for the club, and the passion that he showed, the class in midfield, and the effort, and scoring a goal. I, I, I just put him above Martinez, who, as you say, was an eight. I thought just that was his best game yet for the club. Yeah, um, fantastic header. Um, like, how he managed to get the, the power and the direction on that, I don't know. Um, and like you said, throughout the game, um, uh, Kappa Aretha Balaga was looking very shaky, wasn't he? He, he was. spilled a lot of shots and stuff. Um, and he, he, he only managed to get a a hand to that onto the post and then he, he couldn't keep it out um he's not a goalkeeper that's ever filled me full of confidence so th- the, yeah. the only th- the only thing that, that we should have done more of was had taken more shots from outside the box adam i know there was a few from the likes of ericsson and and uh fernandez and stuff but we yeah. really should have just rained down the shots on him because he, he does look like a uh, apparently he's played well this season and he's in the team on merit but um, I always thought he was a bit of a dodgy goalkeeper, if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, I think so too. And he, he looked nervous, especially in the second half. But we talked earlier about the development with Dallow at right back. When when we're giving marks to the goalkeeper every week, I think that the coach is definitely trying to get him to be more positive with distribution of the ball. But as you said the, the other day recently, there was a couple of times where he kicked it straight into touch. Uh, at this stage of his career, after 10 and 11 years at the club, he still is rooted to the line at corners. So there's two weaknesses. And that other idea of giving the ball to Fred or whoever outside the box is getting us into trouble. So I, I'm of the view now that this will be De Gea's final season. I can't see the new coach. I think he's tried to improve him. But the, the guy's been at a level there. Brilliant for four seasons when he's the player of the season. But he's never going to get any better and become the football goalkeeper that we require if we want to go on challenge for the top two. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I've said it many times in the podcast already. We need to move on from De Gea. Um, we need a more modern keeper, the likes of, of Addison and Alison Backer and Manuel Neuer and all these types of keepers that are sweeper keepers and great with their feet. I guess say Ten Hag is trying to coach more of that into him, but he can't teach an old dog new tricks. He just doesn't have it. Um and, and the issue with him being rooted to the line, it really frustrates me as well. Um, he's quite often a passenger when we're defending corners. Um, we, we say many times the likes of Schmeichel and Von der Sar would come, would everybody out of the way to get a fist on the ball. 
um, yeah. if they saw the opportunity. But he, he doesn't doesn't do that often. Um, no, and I I've wonderful... noticed Kyle in recent games that Varane and uh, Martinez stand back and sort of look back waiting because they have played with goalkeepers who do come out and dominate, as you say, and he just doesn't move. So it, it sort of lessens their counter, their concentration a wee bit because they expect a goalkeeper to dominate his area from set pieces, especially corners, and he's not doing that. So that's that's an area we really need to work on. Yeah, and I think United are scouting uh, Diogo Costa, the Porto goalkeeper. He's a very young guy, um, but I've seen he's a big unit of a man. He's about six foot four. Um, he's probably a great shot stopper, and I've seen, I've seen a pass uh, that he produced to create a goal for Porto a couple of weeks ago, and it was like a, a type of pass you'd see Paul goals make, and he's a goalkeeper. <laughs> so, <Brilliant. laughs> um, mm. if we could get him in for a, a reasonable fee, that would be a great piece of business. It looks, and and to get, you could not give him another five year contract on those wages. He's just not worth that kind of money anymore. No, no, he he should be thanked for his great career and the loyalty he's shown the club, albeit that because of a fax machine some years ago he could have been away but it would be madness and all the squad know the wages he's on and it's just not a good move on or off the pitch to start negotiating that sort of money with someone who's not really an all-round player that the manager wants yeah definitely it's something that's going to have to be addressed i think uh, if, if i was in charge of the recruitment uh, the next three players i'd bring in would be a striker um a goalkeeper and uh, obviously a right back and uh, probably a, 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 like a Jude Bellingham, Bellingham or someone like that or Declan Rice, someone like that, yeah. you know, because as good as Ericsson and Casemiro are, they're both 30, they'll become 31. I want us to, uh, to sign a, a more younger player in, in midfield that's going to be around for 10 years. I think that would be ideal. Um, and and someone of the quality of Bynum or Rice would be perfect as well. Because plus, we're if you take them out of the team, then we're back to using McTominay and Fred again, like the Solskjaer no, era. No, no, and that's just not good enough. So we need need more players to supplement the squad. Absolutely. The other player, of course, who will come back, and I expect him not to go out alone next year, is Hannibal. I've watched Birmingham now, and he's now starting. Play played three games in a row. He was sub on Saturday. Came on for the last half hour. But the coach, John Eustace, is absolutely saying he's a fabulous footballer. We're lucky to have him. Now, he's he's a very well-built, tall player and very skillful. So that's someone to think of, Kyle, uh, for next season. Because Bellingham and Rice are going to cost big, big money. And there'll be competition in, in getting them. So we, if we don't get them, we need to prepare for all, all the options. Yeah, well, that's an interesting one. Um, I believe the Birmingham City fans absolutely love Hannibal, n- not just for his, his quality and ability on the ball, but also the edge that he has uh, about himself. You know, he puts himself about him. We saw him do that at Anfield last season, which Randy yeah. dropped him for, which was a disgrace. <laughs> Couldn't believe uh, it. Uh, so, it, like, we're just talking about the, the, the passion of this current United team and, and the commitment of those guys. Hannibal would fit right into that uh, as well. So, if, like you say, we were priced out of moves for Rice or Bynum, then yeah, Hannibal could be uh, an interesting option. Um, I would like to see him get a chance. Um, it's, it'll be great. The championship is great experience uh, for any player. Uh, it's a tough league to play in, very competitive and uh, physical. So it will stand him in good, great stead. And hopefully, unlike the James Garner situation, he will get a chance when he comes back to the club and not be sold uh, to raise cash. Yeah, I couldn't bear that happening again. At least uh, uh, give the guy 10 games when the opportunity provides himself so that at least people can have a look at them. We had seen James Garner at junior level and uh, playing on loan wonderfully for Forrest, but let's let's see them given the opportunity to play in the first team and then we can make a judgment. I mean, uh, Jaden Sancho now uh, has played 50 games and I think he's got eight goals and seven assists. When you consider what he'd done for Dortmund in, in Germany and he's come here and he's gone from being the complete player in Germany and not made it at Old Trafford. There's going to have to be a lot of work on him behind the scenes because our team's getting better and there's going to be competition and we need competition for the front three. So uh, 
hopefully some he, he take a break from the first team and people work at him and he can come back and prove himself. I think talent's there, but it is. Uh, most people in the media say it's amazing that he just doesn't seem able to beat a man across the ball, that he always passes it back. You've seen him play well in Germany where he can beat players. He just doesn't seem to have the confidence. What do you think? He is really lacking in confidence at the moment. Um, and that If you're a, you know, you're a quality player, but you're short on confidence, the best thing you can do is put yourself about, really work hard when the team doesn't have the ball. Uh, now, he's done a wee bit more of that recently, but not quite on the level of Anthony. Um, because if, if you're not in form, but you're, but you're trying hard, the fans will appreciate that. Um, and that's what he needs to do, you know. Your confidence is your confidence is low. Your things are not coming off. Um, you know he 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 seemed to give the ball away every time he touched it at the weekend. Uh, just he should be playing when he's trying to play a simple pass. He was just put too much too much weight on it, and it was going straight out for a goal kick and stuff like that. Um, but when things are not happening for you, you just yeah. you just knuckle down and you work hard. And he, he needs to take inspiration from Anthony on that, uh, and uh, hopefully in time he will, he will get back to form again. Yeah, well, the manager only gave him seven minutes in the second half the other day, so I think the manager will be taking him out for a while, as you suggest. He he needs it too because he he'll not get any better when he when he's not doing one twos with Shaw and Ericsson. They're looking for him to move, and he's not moving, and it's slowing our momentum up. And 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 we need to be very quick the way our team likes to play. Yeah, and, and if Martial and Ronaldo come back into the picture, then I think Sancho's going to find himself on the bench. Um, but he, he's not going to go to the World Cup, so he's going to have six weeks to, to prepare himself for the for a very busy second half of the season and get himself in the right frame of mind for that and, and, and peak physical condition. And yeah. hopefully he can have an impact in the second half of the season. Um, so I just want to talk about Ronaldo now. I know it's, this topic is getting tedious. Um, but the, the media insists on talking about it every single day. Um, so he was so apparently he refused to come on as a substitute for the last few minutes against Tottenham. He thought that was insulting and he walked down the tunnel. Had the, the manager had to bring a on instead. Um, and then this is the second time this season that he's left the stadium before the, the game ended. And um, he did that in a preseason friendly against Rio Farcano. So the manager has now disciplined him. Uh, and he's he's been fined two weeks wages and he was left out of the squad for the Chelsea game. Now, I understand he's going to come back in for the next one. Possibly he might start against FC Sheriff, we'll see. But the thing that's annoyed me about all this is the Ronaldo's friends in the media, some of his ex-teammates at United, just constantly defending him. Um, uh, he's like... To, like Roy Keane, who's really surprised me. I thought he was, he, he'd have been a disciplinarian. But no, he loves Ronaldo and he, he, he backs him to the hilt. We've seen Ferdinand back him. To be fair, Gary Neville has been very honest in the situation. Uh, Keane and Neville getting into a bit of a heavy <laughs> yeah. argument there on Sky Sports about it. Um, yeah, and, then, and then his friend in the media, Piers Morgan, has been defending him every single day. He's almost become Ronaldo's propagandist uh, on social yeah. media. Um, I just... I just I'd seen somebody else. Was it Pat Nevin? Was saying it was the way United have treated Ronaldo is disgraceful and all. I mean, even if Ronaldo was still prime, Ronaldo was scoring 40, 50 goals a season. He would, he'd, he'd have to be disciplined for doing what he was doing. You know, leaving the stadium for the match ends. Um, but at the moment, he's not even worth the hassle. You know, we've seen we've seen him any time he's played this season, uh, apart from the Everton game. He hasn't really been on it. We've seen him miss an open goal in one of those Europa League matches. Um, yeah. He's he's just not playing well enough to be worth that kind of hassle. And even if he was uh, still in his prime, you know, he has to follow you no know, basic rules and principles, doesn't he? It, uh, it's all about lack of respect. He, he either respects his teammates, the club that made him great when he arrived first from Portugal, and the coach. It's been a big challenge for Ten Hag. Ten Hag wants to talk about the positivity in his team, how the team's getting better, playing better. And uh, this is just a distraction. That The press conferences are a joke now, five, six uh, questions from different journalists on Ronaldo. We want to move on for that. That's why I've already indicated to you at the start of podcast. Uh, if he wants to go, and I think the manager wants him to go, if, we, if we, they can come to some sort of mutual agreement 
and he leaves in January. I don't think either the players or the club would regret it. You remember when he, he arrived, he was bought by the people upstairs. I don't think that uh, Solskjaer had any idea that that was going to happen. And then you have to play him every week because of who he is. Nobody's bigger than the club. And uh, the word you used was correct, tedious. Let's move on from this. Don't want, don't want to hear any more about it. Yeah, because most of the United fans want to focus on how good the performances are at the moment. Yeah, the, the media just want to keep talking about Ronaldo day in, day out, like, and it just becomes tedious. Um, and I'm just sick of you know his ex teammates defending them. Yeah, they're defending the indefensible. Let's take Roy Keane in isolation. If that, if he was a manager and one of his players did that, he would never play for the club again. That's, let's be frank. Well, he wouldn't allow it. He wouldn't mm-hmm. allow it. I'm telling you, and he he he. he having training with a under 18s for more than a week could be a month i would say from like he's he's got off lately i think he's been fined all right but uh ten Hag wasn't uh he was very firm about that that's a conversation i'll have with a player in the club and uh, i'm not going to answer any more questions but it's a pity that he's been plagued by these questions before games and after games and we are we're playing better the team is uh, uh, driving forward from all sides of the pitch. We don't want to talk about a guy who's th- almost 38, Kyle. Yeah, um, it looks like it's going to come to a, a sorry end. I'm afraid of the club. Yeah. Would you be of the opinion that it was a mistake, uh, Ronaldo coming back to United? Well, you have to give him credit for his 23, 24 goals last season in a very poor team. But yeah, if you look at it in the round, and I wasn't always convinced that Bruno, I think Bruno's form dipped once Ronaldo came back to the club. And certainly they don't always start playing for Portugal, if you notice. Quite often Ronaldo has to play. I don't think any Portuguese manager would ever drop or leave out Ronaldo or substitute him. Whilst I've seen uh, Bruno, despite playing well at United, he's on the subs bench. I think there's a lot of truth to the fact that they, they don't play well together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could probably count in one hand the number of games for United with the, the two of them have played well in the same match um, and then when one of them is missing particularly last season one of them is missing then the other one had a great game um, yeah uh, it's something that uh, we're just going to have to put up with and at least until January um, I think it was the, the the Athletic said that if if Ronaldo is let go by the club in January United will look to, to, to replace him but John Murdoch said there was no budget for January so how are they going to do that? Are they going to bring in another Odeon Gallo on the short term <laughs> until we sign a serious striker in the summer? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would be the answer. I would, like I said earlier, I would rather bring forward the the summer budget, uh, some of it, uh, and 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 buy a world class striker in January if possible. Um, I, I, I've never never been a fan of stop gaps. Um, but I'd rather we just get the player we want, you know, sooner rather than later. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And the other question is, how many games after Christmas will Martial play? That's just he's an enigma to me. He can play well and then get injured, and you don't see him for six weeks. He's, we just can't carry players like that. It just doesn't work. Yeah, he's had three different injuries already uh, this season. Um, and just when he was getting into a bit of form, he was off after 29 minutes against Everton. Uh, yet another injury. Um, and he hasn't, he wasn't available yesterday either. Um, and even if he does come back, say he comes back against Sheriff or West Ham and he scores, you're just waiting for the next injury, aren't you? It's just, yeah. it's becoming a joke. Um, yeah. And this is why, because Ronaldo's 38 and Martial keeps getting injured, this is why we have to sign the striker as soon as possible. Um, and that that would, would put the finishing touch to our starting 11. Um, now, the squad is a different issue. We need to supplement the squad, like we've said. But if we bring in a striker, you know, we could we could really we could be top of the league right now because, I mean, everybody's dropping points. Um, so there's an opportunity. You think City would pull away at some point, but there's an opportunity there to, you know, Second place, I believe, is up for grabs. I mean, you, you couldn't definitively say who's going to finish second in the league, could you? No, you couldn't. There is an opportunity. That's why, as I said earlier, I think United's, if they can get the three wins and they're capable of winning each of those games, they certainly should be fourth or third going into the break. And then it gives the manager time to build on what he's going to do up front. Because we watched the pre-season games, Kyle, and Martial was linking well with both uh, Sancho and uh, Rashford, scored some lovely goals. 
But if a guy's not fit, and the Premier League is about your top players, especially your goal scorers, I don't see Highland missing too many games this season, do you? I mean, he's not going to the World Cup. He'd be super ready for the Boxing Day fixtures. And uh, we need strikers to be fit and scoring goals. And we're building a team here. We can't build a team. As we talk about the spine of the team and centre forward is one of the crucial roles in the team. We need to get that right. Yeah, I expect Ten Hag to address that uh, issue next um, on his transfer agenda. Um, just just on uh, the return to the Premier League on Boxing Day, I just read something earlier that it's really, really frustrating. Every every football fan loves the Boxing Day fixtures. Well, Amazon Prime is just taking that away from us. We will now be playing on the 27th of December at 8 o'clock, and that really pisses me off. Oh dear, that's awful. That you mean that a lot of fans uh, who arrange their whole holiday period around getting away to see their football team on that that Saturday. It's a great sort of football racing day, Boxing Day, and you want to see your your match, especially at home fixtures. Real buzz at the the club if you've ever been there on Boxing Day, and it's I agree with you. That's a terrible decision. That's commercial decision rather than a football decision as usual. Yeah, it's basically the TV companies want to have a match on every night over Christmas, so they're, they're spreading them out. So uh, we've we've fallen victim to that. Um, so we're not going to have a game on on Boxing Day. So that's very very disappointing. I hate these eight o'clock kickoffs on the twenty seventh of December. Uh, just really annoys me. But the positive thing is that not only the next the the next three games before the World Cup are winnable. And the three games after the World Cup are winnable. So it's an opportunity here for us to put a run together and get ourselves up to uh, the second or first in the table if, if we can win all those games. Um, so, yeah, that, let's look forward with, with positivity now because there's every reason to be optimistic given the, the, the level of performances from the team at the moment. Oh, I think so. But we touched on Varane's availability for France. I'm sure... At the start of the season, Martial hoped that he would get a recall into the French team, but he he, he certainly couldn't be named in the squad unless he makes a very quick recovery. And uh, I don't think when you go into the World Cup, you can play a player that's had so little time, do you? No, I, I wouldn't imagine that Martial will, will make uh, the World Cup uh, on this occasion um, unless, you know, he, he, he comes back uh, in the next week or two and he scores a lot of goals um, but even then I'm not convinced because the the when you take a squad uh, to the World Cup t- 23 men or whatever it is you want them all to be available you know a couple of games into the World Cup and Martial pulls his hamstring then they're going to be short on numbers of attacking players and uh, so I don't imagine that Didi Deschamps will take Martial to the World Cup and I certainly Will will rule out Gareth Southgate bringing Sancho to the World Cup. Uh, he's oh, yeah, he'll not make it. I, I well, if 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 Martial doesn't go to Qatar, he should, in all fairness, be ready to play the game after Christmas, as you say, on the twenty seventh. Surely, he would be physically fit by then. Yeah, you'd hope so, as long as he doesn't uh, fall down the stairs or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Sancho will be joining Haaland on holiday, I think. I think they know each other from Dortmund, so oh. I think that's what they'll be doing um, because there's no way Sancho's going to the World Cup. Do you think Rashford will make it? Um, what do you think? He'll be in the initial squad. I I, I think he, he may squeeze in, but uh, uh, he, he, he's trying competitively, but he's lost his edge, and uh, it's who he's going to mean. Harry Kane starts automatically. It's whether he... Uh, doesn't bring Ivan Tony or somebody else to replace him and gives Rashford. He, uh, Southgate's the type of manager, he's loyal to players who have done well for him in the past, which which uh, Rashford has. So it's 50-50 on that one. I wouldn't bring him anyway. I'd rather he stayed and was fit to start after Christmas for us. Yeah, we would certainly benefit if he didn't go to the World Cup. But uh, even if he does go, I don't think he'll start, just like at the Euros. I think... Alexa Raheem Sterling, Phil Foden, and Jack Grealish are ahead of him in the packing order. Um, because let's face it, he, he, the only way he's going to play is uh, on the left. He's not going to play up front. Harry Kane mm-hmm. will probably play every single minute up front. Yeah. Um, and the, the, like said, Tommy Abraham 
or Ivan Tony would probably deputise for Kane. So I don't see a, a vacancy up front for for Rashford to get in there. Um. So yeah, I think he's just going to be a bench player if he does go, and that's um. I suppose if he's not really playing games, then that's equally as beneficial to us as I'm, you know, not going to the World Cup at all. Um, so, yeah, we'd be hoping that uh, Mar- Martial and Rashford, when it comes to the 27th of December, are, are fit and raring to go. Um, you, you think they'd be chopping up the bit, especially if they don't go to the World Cup. Oh, um, yeah. So, FC Sheriff at home, um, we laboured to a 1-0 win against Omana at home, scoring after 92 minutes eventually, despite all those shots on goal. Um, hopefully we'll we'll get through this one you know, a lot easier and get goals in the first half and put the game to bed and maybe bring on the likes of Garnacho and Iqbal in the second half. Um, so what what changes to the lineup do you anticipate for this one? Well, as I said earlier, he, he said he's not a man who's going to make many changes. I think he'll start with a strong team. Uh, and uh, as you say, we, what we need is early goals to give some of the players that have played nearly every week a rest. Um, I think Lindelof will stay in, obviously, with the back. I think he won't leave out Martinez because Martinez is almost undroppable for us, his commitment in every single game. Um, the middle of park, he may he may start Fred and, and uh, leave Ericsson out, bring Ericsson on in the second half. But I can't see too many changes just on the basis of what I've seen this manager do so far. Uh, he's different from Ranić and Solskjaer, he, he, even though uh, they considered Europa League maybe a minor game and save the best team for the next Premier League game on Sunday. I don't see uh, Ten Hag doing that. What do you think? Uh, I don't. I think it'll be a maximum of three changes probably. Um, uh, he he probably he has to start Lindelof. Uh, there's no option. Um, Fred, as you say, might come in for Ericsson and the only other change that I could see happening would be Ronaldo coming in for Sancho. Uh, I could see that happening too. Yeah, well, well, he, he needs the game obviously, and he's a point to prove now. So let's see him get on the pitch and score a few goals. But it won't forgive his behaviour now. But still, he's getting paid a big wage, so let's see a few goals from him. Yeah, you like to think he could score against the the Moldovan <laughs> champions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll leave it there for this week. Um, good to have you back on, Nigel. If everyone could please um, comment your thoughts down below. Drop us a like on the video if you're watching on, on YouTube. Uh, and please subscribe to the podcast. And I'll see you again then, Nigel. Yes, take care. Thank you. Bye.